it makes me sad that there's probably part of you that feels like you have to put a, on a certain air, on a certain voice to fit in, to be accepted. Welcome to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks. I'm Gloria Harrison, a TV producer living in New York. And I'm Carrie Clifford, an actor and writer living in Los Angeles. We first met in elementary school outside Boston. When I was part of a program that bused kids from the inner city to school in the suburbs. We're going to talk about privilege and disadvantage. And about what it's like to move from one world to another without really feeling at home in either. In this podcast, we're having conversations about race. And the awkwardness that comes with learning about people from another culture. All right, so something we've been wanting to talk about is code switching. That's right. right. I mean, Gloria, do you feel like you do a lot of code switching? I don't know if I do a lot, but I do a sheer amount of code switching. Code switching is within me. um, Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. How about you? Well, I mean, I guess like it's funny because I do think I associate that term with more of being like a race thing, right? Like especially, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I think we've even talked about it that sometimes you know black people often saying like they'll put on a white voice or something like that or they just feel like they have to assimilate to the community that they're in or you know you might act differently on a phone with one person than someone else you know but it's not just a race thing i mean people code switch or act differently uh, uh, around different groups of people no matter the race right and for a long time i always believed that it was uh primarily a race thing because mm-hmm. i know for black Americans and Hispanic, um, they tend to be the groups who for so long have felt the need to exactly what you said, assimilate, yeah. whether it be a job, to, to make sure that they are accepted. So even amongst coworkers, let's just say there might be a few coworkers that are Black, and it's in a whole room of people that are not Black. Right. So you act a certain way and then maybe you go to out for lunch and you're like, girl, can right. you believe that? <laughs> right. And then we like turn on uh, and it's not something that we say, OK, we're going to do. I just think it's like a, a un, you understand. It's yeah. like a silent uh, communication. It's like, girl, and, are you getting what they putting down? Girl, hell no. I don't even know what right, you're talking right. about. But I feel like <laughs> with someone who looks like me, I would I would feel more comfortable saying that. Right. Right. But do you think like like it's obviously a learned behavior, you know, but how do you think you first came into that? Like, was it do you feel like going to school in a primarily white school? Did you feel like you had to act a certain way that you'd be that you would act differently than when you were home with the kids that lived around you? Or like, when do you think you learned that behavior? I really think, as you said, learned and it's seeing what's around you. I used yeah. to see my parents, and back then, I don't even know if they termed it code switching. Right. I don't think they you know? did. Right. No. They didn't. Yeah. So I would yeah. watch my parents um, move about in certain ways, you know, right. and then witness that. And I think I just automatically was like, okay, there's a certain way that you're supposed to act. Like, yeah. I, I, this is funny, but like, there are times when we would be, even in church, like talking or chewing gum, like doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing, like playing cards. During the church service, and my father yeah. would say, put that down, put right, it away, right. right? And he's just saying it nicely. And he goes, and then we'd just be looking at him like, mm-hmm, we're in church, so we keep doing it. All of a sudden, I feel a pinch in my thigh, twisting, 
pinching me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, sit up and stop it. And so that was like a physical thing. I said, okay, I learned that, you know what, in church, that's an inappropriate behavior. I learned that he wasn't going to tolerate it. But also when people walking by, he's like, hi, how's it going? How are you doing? Like very like professional, right? You're in church. So he's doing the right thing. But when no one's looking, he's like, listen, you can't sit like that. And right, I'm like, okay, right, totally. that's, so, so that's one thing I learned, like being with my mom, like she, if we were at her job or just different things, she would say, hi, how are you, Miss So-and-so? I told you to sit down. So it's like her voice changed. Yeah. And I yeah, said, yeah. I said, listen, you sound real nice. She's going to get me for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you sound real nice. And then we get like your true, like not playing mama. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. But I, so, yeah. so early on I was like, okay, there's a, there's a way you say things. There's right. a way you do it. And then at home, uh, if they're not getting what they want, they really give it to us in a way that probably most people would be surprised by, you know? Right. And, and so yeah. it's like, it, not, it wasn't taught to me, but I, I definitely adapted that. I may mean, do it now with my kids. Right. I do it yeah, now totally. in other places. So there was never someone that said, okay, listen, when you're around white people, you need to act a certain way. Right. When you go to your job, you need to act a certain way. When you're with a group of people who you feel like, have more than you do. You need to act a certain way. No one told me that, but right. I quickly learned. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. This is the way you're going to behave. And then when you talk about growing up, I definitely went through that in terms of going to Wayland and feeling like I was with people that had more than me. So I used to try to get some of the things that I saw other kids wearing. Like I would put the pressure on my parents. I need to wear this. Right. Right. You know, you know what I learned? You know, Birkenstocks? Yeah. You remember yeah. when we were growing up? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in the inner city with my Birkenstocks. They're like, yeah. hey, what you got on? Because I used to see that. So I put right. the pressure, you know, and that's not even a verbal thing, but it's it's seeing what you see and trying to adapt to it. Well, you know? and I think the whole thing with code switching is wanting to fit in. So that's yep. like an example of wanting to fit in. You want to be accepted, you know? And like for me, uh, you know, it's not a race thing, but I think probably like in my 20s, when you're sort of like conscious or insecure about your education or what, like I would find myself in certain groups, like using really big words, you know, like (laughs) I had, I had like a lot of friends that were doctors and lawyers and, you know, had gone like postgraduate degrees or whatever. And I, I think like I turned on a certain air around that. But then when I was with like my, you know, actor friends, I'm like a different, right? you know, but like, I definitely noticed that sort of, um, it is. It's like wanting to fit in and wanting to prove yourself. And it's like, I can hang with these people. I can talk about, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, even if that's not your true self, you know, but I, right. I think that's what it is, is just wanting to fit in and be accepted. But then there's also like, okay, so say this was the scenario you were talking about if it was like, you know, at work and it's primarily white people and then there's a few black people. But what if it's the opposite? If it's like primarily black people? What would people say if I started like, hang, you know, being like, girl, what'd you get for lunch? You know, or what are trying to like adapt to that code? That to me seems almost racist. Right. Right. And so we've seen that, too. And, and people will like look. And then when the white person turns their head, they're like, I mean, what the, what is she doing? Right. Like, why is she trying to, you know, like and, yeah. and, and, and also why does she think that's how black people talk? Or that's how right. they act. So it's right. not always met. Yeah, it's met with like a little like, um, is she serious kind of thing? Right, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. But you know, exactly. I, I used to, I've experienced also being around people that um, they're already smart, right? And, yeah. and they use big words. And I think they do it to intimidate people. 
Yep. And I've been the recipient of that. And I got to tell you, that feels awful. Yeah. I'm like, really? I mean, how many words are you going to use? Okay, I get it. I'm going to go get my dictionary after I leave the conversation. And I'm going to learn yeah. something new from you. But really, why is that necessary? Right. So there are people right. that I don't think, I mean, you can call it code switch. I don't know what you call it. It's like, okay, why do you feel the need to do that? Right. Well, they're not, well, they could be code switching too. Because if they feel like they have to put on a certain air or prove themselves or whatever, you know, you're right because you're dishing it out or you're on the receiving. Yes. End, you know, <laughs> I, I was reading something just in, you know, reading different articles about code switching. And in the service industry, people have found that if you put on a southern accent, you get more tips. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is crazy. Right. But yes. that's like a, that. But that's an interesting thing to and that like, I guess people like adopt the sort of like y'all. You know, right. like y'all need a refill or whatever, and that's supposed to like get more tips. But that's like a total different. And I think that is like y'all people like adapt to that and like use that word a lot. I think that yeah, aren't but, from the South. Yeah, my parents are. You know, my father's from South Carolina, as I mentioned. My mother's from Virginia. Whenever I would go visit them, I do notice that it's like yeah. a Southern hospitality, and I gotta say, the charm helps. Yeah, because right, I would right. I, I would say, oh my gosh, she's so nice. Or she's yeah. like taking extra, you know, paying extra attention. And I and that would influence me on wanting yeah. to make sure that when I, you know, took care of the bill, um, that that we tip the, you know, tip them even more. So I look, if it works, it works. Yeah, totally. But it's just like a funny <laughs> thing to think, you know, I mean, and then like, I don't know if this was considered code switching, but when you and I worked together on a talk show, and we were definitely dealing with people that were often of different economic backgrounds, different lifestyles. And I think mm -hmm. that there was a certain element of like, you know, again, I don't know if it's code switching, but sort of like to sort of make us sound more like them or like on the same level as them, you know, even if it's lying about like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I get what happens in a trailer park or whatever, you know, and then we'd be in these situations where we'd have, you know, a show about like. My my girlfriend dresses too sexy or whatever, and then you'd have all the girlfriends <laughs> and you'd be in the green room with them and be like, you guys, you got to get out there. And these guys are saying you dress too sexy. You guys look awesome. Get out there, strut your stuff, whatever. And then you go in the green room with all the guys and you're like, okay, your girls are a bunch of hoes. You got to say, you got to say to them, like, you can't be dressing like that and showing your coochie cooch or whatever. So, I mean, we would do it too, right? We were like paid to code switch. But yeah, and I call it, you know, um, as working in that industry, right? We're everyday people. We're trying to understand them. So we're meeting them wherever they're at, at that moment. Yeah, so if yeah. you're in there and you're talking about that topic, that's the flow of it, right? Right. But uh, honestly, like over the years, my kids have said to me, Ma, I can tell who you're talking to on the phone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you mm -hmm. switch your voice. And I'm like, no, I don't. And then I started to listen over the years. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. I'm like, hey, mommy, what's going on? So what's good? So listen, <laughs> listen, mommy. <laughs> Look, hold on, all right? When hold on, let me let me talk to you for a second. They're like, okay, so now you're Latin, and I'm like, I, I, I didn't know that I was doing that, you know. Totally. Or or if I speak to someone that's Caribbean, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> me picking not here right now, but call me back. They're like, man, oh, so you're from the God. Caribbean now. I'm like, and I didn't realize it. And I said, okay, that's I want to make sure that the person sees that as a term of endearment, and that I'm not. Right. Um, I hope I'm not offending them. 
So I've tried well, to be more conscious of it, you know? Yeah, but it, but I think because you're not making fun of them. Yeah. You're, it is the thing about wanting, to, of trying to fit in, right? And yep. especially in that situation where you're trying to either like convince them to do the show or, you know, ease their mind about the show or whatever. You're trying to like be their friend and their confidant. <laughs> and that's one way of doing it, right? I mean, it's not going to work if you just like act like you're some PhD, Right. And, you know, whatever. It's a different it's just a different group of people, you know, so that was like your way of kind of like fitting in with them. But it's so fascinating. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. We're in Mexico and we're at a restaurant and I'm trying to use my Spanish and my kids are like, you're just using one or two words. Just yeah. stop it. I'm like, mommy, hola, el restaurante. Donde es el restaurante? Para mi familia? And they're like, why don't you just speak English? Because you're not, you're using words and you're not talking in a complete sentence. So then I would say to them, okay, the challenge is on you. Help us get through this moment. Yeah, And and they would do a great job. But it's like, you know, I just try. I just try. That's That's it. I think that for that, like for foreign languages, I think people do uh appreciate your attempts at trying maybe not the french the french seem like they get a little bit annoyed yes but, um, <laughs> but like you're at least you know trying to but i'm the same way i like total spanglish i don't i never took spanish but obviously mm-hmm. you know you know some words but right i don't know i might be better off not not even trying but and, and then there are spanish. people like you say try to meet people like i've had white people they'd be like yo my sister what's up and i'm like no yeah uh-uh. Who are you, what What's good, ma? I'm like, mm-mm. And I don't know why, but I think they're trying too hard. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even really talk like that. I mean, it depends, but I'm not talking like that with you. Yeah. And that right, is right, coach right. switching. So it's like, I will get that way sometime, but it makes me uncomfortable when I feel like someone is really trying to like mimic and, and it's not even, and it seems so unnatural. It's yeah. like, okay, so you're doing too much and why are you? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends. Totally. totally. And I mean, we have very like, outgoing like performance type friends right so it kind of sometimes fits into that like you know again a stereotype with like gay co-workers as male uh, you know maybe being like you know hey girl let's you know whatever (laughs) and I can see both you and I kind of like adding on to that like in improv we have a phrase yes and right you're kind of like yes anding that and like jumping on that train right (laughs) and I guess it's like we're doing it with people that we're already friends with so I don't think that they would think of it as offensive but if, if I was just at a restaurant and some like you know more like flamboyant gay guy comes over and starts you know whatever doing like snaps and whatever like if I start at like mimicking that that doesn't seem right and that is an element of code switching but then is that rude is that offensive I I don't know I'm sure people do it right let me let me tell you about my cousin okay grew up with him love him to death he came to visit my husband and I in Chicago I'll never forget my husband walks in comes from work and he goes how you doing man he shakes his hand he's like nice to meet you and my husband's like oh good to see you I've heard a lot about you my husband goes into the other room Right. He walks out. He's like, sashay. <laughs> Kick it to the left. Uh, pop it to the right. And he's like kicking his leg up and he's twirling in the kitchen. I am hysterically laughing. I'm having so much fun watching him. My yeah. husband comes back in. He's like, so uh, what are the plans for dinner? And I go, Hilarious. let him be, let him see. He goes, nah. He goes, I don't want him to, you know, think anything or read it. But when I tell you I was in tears because That's I had amazing. so much fun watching him. And then he never met my husband before. He was like, I don't want him to. I don't know. I don't want to be that way with him. Um, so I'm just going to approach him and just be really like, so I'm really strong, really masculine. 
And he was right. like, it's so nice to meet you. What do you guys plan to, you know, what are your plans for dinner? All right. And my husband, my husband's like, why are you guys laughing? And I'm like, in tears. And then yeah. I finally told him, he said, you should have told him to sashay through the kitchen, pop his fingers. He goes, I don't care. Be free. You know? Right. Totally. And that, but that's like the epitome of code switching, right? Yes. Like he oh my was gosh. acting like one way with you and one way with him, you know? And I said, this is far more fun. You just need to be free and yeah. be yourself. And I hope he's listening to this because yes. he, I mean, it was, I couldn't stop laughing and he yeah. was having so much fun. And totally. eventually he, you know, became more comfortable with my husband, you know, being right. himself. But I'm like, be yourself. I mean, that's the best way. And and I it, code switching, like we talk about, like a lot of people do it. It You have to put a lot of work into it, you know. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, you know, I'm actually not going to do that. Yeah. I'm trying to be more of myself, but I still think, you know, it, it's good to have when you need it. Yeah, but it makes me sad, sort of, because you've mentioned this before in the podcast, just talking about like putting on a white voice or, you know, and it makes me sad that there's probably part of you that feels like you have to put a, on a certain air, on a certain voice to fit in, to be accepted. Right. Because some of it, I just don't think the way I say it, some people might understand. And it's just, and like I said, it's not a conversation that I've had with my black friends. It's right. not a conversation that I've specifically had with my parents or my siblings or my relatives. It's just an understanding. Right. You know what I mean? Like we at work over the years sometimes have joked about, you know, we'll come in a certain area in the office at the same time. And I'd be like, girl, y'all know it's too many of us. Y'all better, <laughs> y'all better move away. And they joke around. They're like, why? I said, listen. It's too much. And it also reminds me of Waylon. Like some of my, my white friends would say, why do all black kids sit at the same table? Right. And I used to say, you know, I understand why you say that, but I don't ask you that because look around this cafeteria, 99.9% .9 is all white. So I don't right. know the difference, right? right? You just know the difference because you see about 15 of us sitting right. at one table, right? Right. Same thing at work. Like we would joke and they'd be like, we just want to come say hi. And I literally would be like, now, y'all know there's too many in here. And we joke about that. But I don't know if yeah. my white coworkers necessarily know that we do. And I tell right. them, disperse, honey, is too much. And they get, they laugh, but then they're like, that's a shame because everyone else hangs out in their, another person's office. But why is it an issue? And I'm like, well, you know, we all look alike. So it's more obvious, I guess. But that's another right, cool right. thing. I've always felt that. And whenever I do, it's like, you know, it's sort of an inside joke. And I get nervous. Yeah. I'm like, listen, yeah. it's it's like, it's five of us together at once. That's a problem. I'm joking, but <laughs> that is kind of sad, right? That if I want to oh god, totally. five and Black employees sit in there and why can't we just sit there together? And no yeah. one said we couldn't. It's just, I'm always like, ooh, it's too many. Right. It's too many. Well, and, it's and my coworkers are like, you're crazy. But it's probably something that happened early on. And maybe it was something with, you know, being in school in a primarily white school or whatever. But there's something that's ingrained in your head that you think that that's negative or you're setting, you know, sending like a message if there was like five black people, you know, sitting together. And that shouldn't be. It's terrible. But there's, I absolutely you know, think you're right. It's something. Yeah. Si yeah psychological. Yeah, that, that, right. Like you said, I haven't talked about it, but I yeah. do like it's in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. conscious of that. 
that that can't be okay which is like another thing like you just said but my white coworkers like there could be 10 of them all together right. they could be talking about the worst thing ever but for some reason uh it's not looked at it like that or no one yeah. even pays attention that there's that many in the office at once right right and have you found ever that like because obviously if you like quote unquote turn on a white voice or whatever it must have worked for you at some point that you mm-hmm. you think in that way. Like, I know it's putting you on the spot. You probably can't remember. But if there was like a significant issue, uh, instance where you re- you by like putting on a white voice or like trying to act more white, whatever I'm using, I'm using quotations because I know those that there's not one white voice or whatever. But if you you must have done it at some point and reap the reward. And so now, you know, if you need to do that, you can turn it on kind of thing. But, you know, it goes both ways because there are a lot of black people that take offense to what we're talking about actually right now, to what you just Mm. said. And I'll tell you that when you say like, oh, you speak so well. You know what they say? Why do you give that credit to white people? Right. There are so many educated black people that enunciate, that speak well, that have high college degrees and, and it's, they get angry. And so I understand that because it's like, don't give. And and it got to a point where I started to think like that, too. I would call someone on the phone and I would be like, hi, um, may I please speak to Sarah? Um, right. <laughs> can you let her know that Gloria's on the phone? This is what I would hear. Mama, some white ladies on the phone. <laughs> and then they would get on the phone and I'd be like, I'm um, actually my name is Gloria. Yeah, please give me credit. You know, I'm actually yeah. a black woman. I'm not white. They're like, oh, right. I'm so sorry. I don't know why. My, my kids thought that I said, no problem. And like, right. I would just get, sometimes I would laugh. And then sometimes I'm like, you know, actually I'm not a white woman. Right. So, um, can you tell her? And I'm like, what did I need to say? Did I need to change my name to something stereotypical that you would think right. that I was a black woman? What do I need to do to let you know that I'm white and, and, and that I'm not white. And then some right. people would say to me, um, you're giving us like, where are you from? Ma? Are you Spanish? Like Gloria? Like, where are you from? Like, nah, I'm like, girl, listen, my roots, honey, I got what's called them edges. I need a relaxer, <laughs> honey. I'm a black woman. And they're like, no. I'm like, yes. So it's like, you're right. There are times when I have used it, but I got to be careful with that because, again, that's offensive. It's yeah. like I did it because I felt like I had to maybe get through a phone call or get something. And yeah. in my head, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I feel like, you know, if I'm going to act like, yes, a white person, stereotypically, what I right. think that is. If I'm right. going to go and act like I want your manager or your boss, because I right. think that's what white people do, I do get results. Right. And I, you know, it's kind of crazy. I get results. I'm yeah. like, hi, my name is, and I talk like this. And so I don't even know <laughs> if that's offensive to a white person. They're like, well, is that how you think we talk? Yeah, I'm totally offended right now. Right, right. <laughs> You're like, Gloria, why are you talking like this? You know? And then there are times when I'm like, nah, you know, what's good? So listen, can you let them know, you know what I mean, that G Money called? They're like, right. G-Money? I'm like, yeah, girl, what's up? Right. And they're like, right. okay, is right. that the same person? <laughs> <laughs> but then if I did that, right? Because I, I wonder like how it works both, you know, because we've definitely heard of that, like black people sort of like not pretending to be white, but just like changing, I don't know, like changing how they speak or interact or whatever. To, to to try and gain success or gain access to someone or like you said, like speak to a manager or whatever. But like, does it go the other way? Well, see, I partly think that um, I'm a little partial, but I just think black people were talented. 
right? So yeah, we can yeah. turn it on. We have no choice and we can do both. Sometimes when I hear white people try to do the reverse, I'm like, first of all, you're not good at it. Yeah, right. And you're doing the most negative thing that you yes. think that we sound. So it, it's offensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's my personal take on it. Yeah. Like you yeah. can try it now. Let me hear you do it. Say, Be, be like, hey, girl. What's... <laughs> but see, that's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You give me. You say you tell me. Give me a line and then I'm going to try it. Oh, my God. And the so, hate mail we're going to get. So, yo, Gloria, what's up? What's good, ma? <laughs> yo, Gloria, what's what's up? What's good, ma? Nah. I mean, <laughs> no. But I just also wouldn't think to do that. Like for me, the code switching isn't so much about race. It's either about like me stepping up my vocabulary because I feel insecure with the, you know, the people that I'm around or dumbing it down because I'm like, not not that they're dumb, but like if I'm right. hanging out with like, you know, millennials or like Gen Z or whatever, maybe I'm just like, oh, my God, like I was up all night watching TikTok or like saying something like that, that then I wouldn't say that same thing with, you know, a different crowd or whatever. So for me, it's not necessarily race. But I still feel like I do it. You know, I definitely like speak differently when I'm with my parents than I speak with coworkers or, um, you know, I mean, I think we all have an aspect of it. People dress differently. You know, they're this is not me, but some people like maybe dress really slutty in life. But then when they're like around their parents or like at a job interview, you know, different or they don't or they go right. really slutty to their or, job interview. You, do know? you know, this, right. Because we we used to call stuff uh, Sunday best. Right? Yeah. Dress right. your Sunday best. Yeah. And over the last couple of decades, I've learned that Sunday best means different for different people. Like we yeah. may say, you know, we're traditionally like a skirt or a dress, you know, little heels. Like I, I was, you know, we wore stockings. I wore a slip under, you know, yep. back in the day. But right. when I say Sunday best now, I mean, I'm looking at my family and friends. I'll start with personal. I've been to funerals where girls have mini skirts on and I can yeah. see up. I'm like, girl, where is she going? <laughs> She's at a wake. Where is she going? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so it's like Sunday best has a whole different meaning. Yeah. I do think it's interesting to, it's very interesting to talk to you about understanding about code switching and that it's just not black or white. Right. Yeah. I'm really opening up in our conversations that it is so much more than that. I mean, I think that my teenagers, one is a, now a young adult, they code switch with my husband and I. Mm. I'm talking to them and they're laughing like at how I'm responding. And I'm like, what is funny? And I feel like an outsider amongst right. my own children. And I right. feel like there's some inside code stuff going on Yeah, that yeah. I don't know about. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And Behind I like to think that I'm hip. And yeah. I'm into it. But people say to me, Gloria, you're still their mom. You're right, still a right. parent. So you're only going to be but so cool with them. They're only going to yeah. let you know, but so much. Right. You know, yeah, and that's you, been interesting. You still think you're 32 or whatever. Right. And they're like, uh-uh. Yeah. But have you ever had to say to them, like, like kind of code switching things? Like, you know, when you're in these circles, you should dress this way or you should, you know, speak this way. Or have you ever... Do you find because we've talked about you, you know, having to warn your son certain things about driving and if he gets pulled over. But do you feel like you've had to sort of like warn them? up? I don't know if it's warn them, advise them. Yeah. Advise them, you yeah, know, it, certainly advise them. And even from when they were little, like I always say to them, you know, when you meet someone like my husband, and I used to practice with them pre pandemic, how to shake someone's hand. And yeah. how to look them in the eye. And I don't even know if that's a black or white thing, but because I'm black, 
I put more emphasis on it. I'm like, listen, when you're speaking to someone, look them in their eye, shake yeah. their hand. You know what I mean? And wait, this is crazy. This, I guess I did code switch. My son just graduated from college. He's going out to dinner. You know, it's virtual. So we couldn't go to DC. You know what right. I said to him? And I'm, I'm not going to get emotional, yeah. but I said, have a good time. Remember though, call her Uber if you need to put it on me and dad's tab. Let us right. take care of it. And then I said, remember this. And I'm going to get him. I told him, I said, Aww. you need to be careful. Like mm -hmm. you've come so far and you are so protected, but never take for granted who you are. So right. I guess I do. I told you I don't do codes. I told you I don't talk in codes, but it comes down to race. And yeah. I brought it up to him again yesterday. Right. And I said to him, listen, this is such a highlight in your life. Right. And he's like, okay, mom. And I think I got to be careful, but I also want to protect him. I'm like, right. You guys can have, because they were all going, I knew they were going out drinking. Right. I knew they were going to have a good time. I said, so listen, there's two things going on. Leave your car. Right. Take an Uber so you don't have to worry about that. Right. He's like, man, I'm just going to some, I'm not even going to be drinking like that. I'm not. I said, okay. Then the other thing is just remember what you look like. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Here he is gradually. He's probably like, this lady is crazy. But yeah. it's the kind of code where I'm like, this is mama to son, like real talk. I want right. so much for you. You have such a huge life and such great opportunities ahead of you. Just be careful. And I think right. every mom does that. And we all oh, want yeah. the best for our kids. But I right. still have that other stuff where, yes, I do put in the codes. Right. Remember our code? Be respectful. Right. Look someone in their eye. Be careful. Right. Remember what you look like. Right. Don't take anything for granted. Mm -hmm. It's like, ugh. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't realize it, but I, I still do it. But that's just because mm -hmm. I'm just trying to tell them, like, never, ever take anything for granted. Never, right. ever assume that, oh, you just went to college. You're out in D.C. You've got this nice apartment. You're around these great friends that everything is going to work out. Right. Keep in the back of the in your mind everything me and dad have told you. And right. I just feel like weird. He's probably like, girl, why do you always tell me that stuff? I know, but I think that's just parenting too, that it's like, obviously I have to say, I say different things to my son, but I yep. think that is just like the mama bear in us that you're just like, you just feel better by saying like, make sure you take an Uber or what, whatever these things. And and we'll probably do it until like, you know, they're in their forties or whatever. Right. I mean, okay, good. Cause my, my parents <laughs> still do too. You know, yes. I'm like, like, did you eat healthy today? I'm like, Jesus, like, or whatever the thing <laughs> Wait, is. Wait, does your you mom know? do this to you? This is not cold switching. Yeah. She goes, where are you? I go, honey, you're in Georgia. I'm yeah. in New York. Why are you asking me where am I at and what am I doing? She's going to smack yeah. me. But she's like, yeah. well, so what are you guys doing? I'm like, why does it matter? You're not yeah. here. Right. You're not yeah. in. <laughs> and she's telling right. me to be careful. So you're absolutely right. It doesn't yeah. stop. Because even when we're talking about when I was asking you about putting on a white voice or whatever, and that's why I'm using quotations because there is no white voice. And right. obviously there's different accents of white people. There's different class. You know, someone who lives in, you know, Arkansas in a trailer sounds different than someone who lives in New York sounds different than someone who lives in Chicago, whatever. But I still, but we have, I think it's the stereotype thing, right? Yep. You have a stereotype in your head of what a white voice sounds like. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, that person is like of a higher standard and, you know, whatever. And then, <laughs> um, and same with black, like, the, and it is very stereotypical, like what you had me say, kind of that, like, hey girl, you know, yeah, and it's like, and it's not like, every black person says that. Right. And we need to say that because someone's yeah. going to send us a direct message to say, Gloria, right. but why do you think black people, that's not how we talk. 
Right. That's not how as a whole. So you're putting uh, negative things out there. You're perpetuating what's not true. But also, right. I want to talk to you when we moved. You're from Boston. When I moved from Boston to Chicago, I they know. were like, oh, my where are you from? I know. I'm like, oh my God. No, but I, <laughs> yeah. And I, cause I never had a Boston accent, but I, but I realized things like there's words that I put ours in because, yes. you know, like um, literally this is probably like five years ago, you know, like in New York, like Rockefeller Center or whatever. Yes. I just assumed it was Rockefeller. Like I added an R right. because, <laughs> because I just assumed growing up in Boston, people like mother, father, Rockefeller, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, park the car. Like yeah. we just, people just, <laughs> yeah. Like, so where I, I was so I've overcompensated, you know, and, and I do, I used to do a bit about this in stand up, but I, it, I think it is a really hard place to grow up when you're learning how to spell. Like I look at my son now, cause he's in first grade and he's yes. learning how to spell. And it's like way different when you're in first grade in Boston and people yes. are like mother, father, river, hava. How, like, how do you spell those words? Martha's you know? It's like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And I think there is a certain thing in Boston that it's kind of like as if that accent is like low class. And I yes. mean, you could be like a billionaire and, and have that accent, you know, but there is like I think we associated it with sort of being. I don't know, less yes. than or something. Less I know I'm going to get DMs about that too because I know it's not true, but that's just the stereotype or the association. And I think that was back in the day. It's certainly gotten, but also like when I was in New York, like having gone from Boston to Chicago, then to New York, they're like, wow, I don't hear the Boston accent at all. And I'm like, yeah, well, what? it's, in a, it's almost like they were asking me, did I practice it? But I've been gone for so many years, but I can tell you when I first moved to Chicago, people knew right off the bat that I was clearly not from there. Yeah. They were like, yeah. uh-uh, girl. And I didn't realize it. And then I was like, right. okay. And then when I went to New York, they're like, we don't hear it at all. I'm like, hear what? Because right. I'm like, this is like 15, 20 years ago. Right. I'm like, hear yeah. what? And then when I go back to see my family, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Totally. Or when they do movies and you know yeah. they're focused on Boston, you totally hear it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No, I do. I do, too. And it's like part of our childhood and our upbringing right. or whatever, you know, but you do have certain associations with that, you know. Absolutely. You and know? you should be rewarded for just being yourself and however it is you speak, your accent, your phrases or whatever, instead of having to adapt to something else, you know. And I do think you're right. It is generational. Like, ugh, like my my dad especially would always want me to dress a certain way for certain mm -hmm scenarios you know and like we went to a, a country club and like he would be like you have to wear this this and this and first of all I'm not like I'm pretty conservative in how I dress so I'm yes. not someone that you really have to worry about like you were saying yes. at the funeral like wearing a, a dress that's showing my privates right. but, but but still and I hated it and I like rebelled against it and I'm like there's no difference between a collared shirt and like a nice t-shirt. Like, th like they're the same, but why do you think it's like your staunch old custom that you think like, I need to wear a collared shirt or whatever. And it would drive me a bonkers. Right. Do you ever notice this at theaters? Like Calvin and I would go to Broadway shows and we would crack up and I hope I don't get in trouble for this. But let's go back to Chicago. First of all, we would yeah. go to theater in Chicago and we would be so dressed up because we were taught when you're going out, mm -hmm. you know, you dress up like hair and makeup, a nice dress. He'd have on like slacks and and we look around and a lot of white people would have on just like you're saying a T-shirt right. or a pair of jeans. 
And right. I'm like, now I know they got all that money. How come right. they're not dressed up? And over the years, I said, listen, I'm going to start dressing like the white people. Why right. am I getting all dolled up? What is this for? And in, in New York, I would notice, like, it, well, certain groups. It's either you're really dressed up. Right. And I noticed, like, uh, a lot. The way I was raised, my mom said, always dress to impress. So we right. always were taught that. So I do think, like, race has a lot to do with it. Like, black people in, in, t- in the TV industry, I'm not trying to be rude, but, but black people that were on different shows dress the best. We didn't right. have to worry about it. We didn't have to right. worry about them. The white guests, I'm like, oh, I don't know. And that's, yeah. that's, and that's a different uh, economic background, right? Maybe some of the guests yeah. that we're dealing with. But also in theater, where they, you could t- clearly tell. I mean, they're like in the front first five rows, and they have on a T-shirt and jeans. Right. And we're all the way in the back, you know, looking at their neck. And we are dressed like we're going to like the most important event, uh, it, and perhaps it is of our, right. our you know, of our yeah. the year of our life. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that that's always funny. So when you talk about your dad, like I always wondered about that. I'm like, you know what? And I know they have money, so it's not right. that. Right. You know, it's like yeah. it's just interesting. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I think for because I was the same way, like my mom would make us dress up to go to the doctor or to go on yes, a plane we did the or same whatever, thing, yes. you know, but I think for me, it's like me being my true self. I don't like to dress up. So I'm not going to wear ripped jeans, jeans to the theater, but I would wear nice jeans and boots and a sweater or whatever. And that's how I feel comfortable. That's like me being my true self. Now, I think that there's some people that want to fully dress up and they there are people, not me, there are people who love wearing dresses. And and so they, that's how they should dress. I think it's I, it's when we were younger. Yes, there was a certain you dress up for the theater, you dress up for the doctor, whatever. Now, yes. yeah, I think it's like gone the other way. But truly, I think you should wear what you feel comfortable wearing. Right. You know, it's like. But like, I don't, I don't know it, if you're going to do this with Ford. My my husband made my kids dress up to take their permit, to get their permit picture. Oh, and for yeah. The dry, like, my son had to wear a suit. He's like, yeah, nobody else wore a suit because my husband is old school. Like, right. and we are very old school. And, like, I just look, I'm like, maybe, I think we're crazy. Like, we're still, because that's the way we were raised. But yeah. I'm like, you know, Cal, like, we're putting too much, pre- they don't want to dress like that. I know. They don't want, but like, I think I, but I don't think that's a race. Like I have a friend, a friend that we grew up with and yep. she always makes her kids wear either like button down shirt or what white friend button yep. down shirts or collared shirts to school. And like, they hate it, you know? And mm-hmm. she's like, that's one thing that we just believe in. And we think that they should be respectful at school or whatever. And that's like an old school mentality. I mean, you know, but there are, there's such a spectrum of what kids wear to school now, you know, it's like. And speaking and of some... that, yeah, mm-hmm. when you say yeah, code no. for us, we always were taught, my parents did say this, I can't be average. I can't mm. go to a party and just, because I'm going to be judged. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like looked at different. So I have to go the extra mile. And yeah. as my kids get older, I've kind of let up a little bit because I do agree with you. And honestly, I'm not that type of girl either. I don't like dresses. Right. I don't like right. skirts. I don't, I'm actually a tomboy. But it's right. like if I Me have too. to go somewhere, I'll, I'll dress up. But I've gotten a little easier on my kids because I think we passed on that pressure, you know, where we yeah. had to, like, my husband still irons his pants. He still mm-hmm. irons his shirt. He is, like, so slick when he dressed. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, right. I'm, like, just like, and he's like, 
And I'm like, I'm the girl. Like, I should be. He goes, yeah, what's wrong with that picture? Yeah. But he's so old school. But he passed it on to my son. But well, also, they, if know? he likes it, then it's OK. It's where it's like if he feels that he has to do that to prove himself or to be accepted, that's where like I feel uneasy about it. But if he's the person who likes to wear like a slick shirt the, with creases in it or whatever, like good for him. I think but it's, it's both, though. I think yeah. he doesn't. He feels like he can't relax. It's sort of yeah. like Mrs. Howe when she yeah. wore her sweatpants to, you know, the gym and she didn't have on any makeup. Yeah. By the way, I talked to her recently. She still brought that up. She's so crazy. She brought that up. She's like, yeah. She's like, so in Utah, I cannot just be chill. So right. there, so so like you said, there's a, there are people that have to do it and they've learned to now want to do it because yeah. they felt like they didn't have a choice. Yeah. So they feel like they can't relax. And that's right. sad. Right. That's sad. Right. It's like you want to be able to do that, but you can't. Right. Well, and that makes me think of like dressing, which is a certain, you know, is is another like way of code, whatever. But like, you know, when we came out of college, I remember like you probably someone bought you like a blue suit or you were told to buy yes. like a, you know, like a, a interview suit, you know, and then you and I ended up not being in a traditional job, right. job like that. Right. So like if you showed up to an interview to interview to be a writer on the show that I write on. Yeah. And if you came in a suit, people would be like, huh? Like you, they, <laughs> they would just judge you for a different way because it is sort of like knowing your audience. And this is like good advice for the recent college graduates listening. Yeah, Because it's like, it's not, you, you don't, yes, there are certain jobs. If you're, I don't know, interviewing at like Goldman Sachs or like traditionally like conservative, uh, you know, financial institutions or whatever, I, I assume you do wear a suit. But if you're in a creative field, you don't. And but, you're going to be judged for that. And, you know, our parents didn't necessarily know this. I mean, it's no. talking 20 years ago. You may not remember. But I was coming from having worked at Channel 5 in Boston. And I used to wear dresses every day with heels because wow. my mom took me to Morton's and bought me all these daggone right. dresses. And then right. I remember going to that job that where we at and I wore dresses. Right. And there's a picture of us and I fully have on a dress. And then I, like you said, as I started to watch and read the room, I'm like, right. why am I the only one dressed like this? Right. Like, why Unless, is my, like, my, my dress was thing. so long? No, it wasn't my like, thing. Uh, right, I was but trying to fit saying. in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like I'm saying, if that is your thing, great. Wear dresses. But like, it's not. Yeah. The, like different, different places of work. You don't, you know. Like I told you, you remember this? Speaking of this, my mom said, always call someone by Mr. or Mrs. growing oh, yeah. up. And remember at that job, I called yeah. the person. I, we already went over this. I called her the yeah. name and she was like, don't ever right, say that right. to me. And I was like, <laughs> same thing, right. the clothing, everything. I said, Ma, you, you set me up. And she thought she was doing everything, you know, giving me the best advice. And that's right. why you say like, read the room. It's generational. Yep. And you're right. Absolutely. The industries that we're in, nobody, because then they, they think you're a little too uptight. They, you know, you, yeah. you take yourself too seriously. It's like, right. you know, can you laugh? Can you be creative? Can you right. jump in? How are you jumping right. in with three inch heels? How right. you jump in? <laughs> right. Wait, Carrie, I know we didn't go over this, but I do think it's interesting. I wonder, like I said, black people, it's, it's just spoken. I think white people have codes too. And, and they may not necessarily say it like I'm verbalizing it. Like uh, within white people? You like, mean? let's just say we're in a room. Right. And it's like, 10 white people there. Right. And there's three white, three black people. And right. we're off in the corner. We're like, girl, that was so funny. Oh my God. And we're going and going. And there's right. like the 10 and they're kind of in the room. I do think there is a code that happens amongst the 10. 
that is reactionary to what's happening among the black people? Possibly, or just yeah. in life. Yeah. Because I know, I know it happens amongst black Americans and other minorities. But I mean, amongst each other, is there like right. a look? Is there like a? I'm always interested. I think it. I think it exists. I don't know if it's verbalized. Like as if, know. as if I was saying something like, like almost rolling my eyes, like, yeah, what are they? At, are they in a black movie theater? What's going yeah. on? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> but like, I, I'm sure it does. I just feel like I'm not in those circles, you know. Yeah. But yes, I'm sure. Yeah, because I mean. That's racism, right? Yes. I mean, that's if I was going to say, like, why don't you go, guys, go like get your fried chicken and go back to Compton or whatever. I mean, I could be thinking that, but that's that's the systemic racism instead of being like, do you want to come eat over here with the white people? <laughs> you know, but yeah, I'm sure you're right. I just don't personally have that because I think the code switch and I'm talking about happens with me and other black people, even the ones that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Especially with everything that's happened in the last two years, right. five years, 10 years. It is a connection that even though I don't want to acknowledge, I know that it happens. If I'm on a right. plane and there's a black flight attendant, how you doing? It's right. especially the camaraderie amongst us. I feel it. Yeah. If I see a black pilot, I'm so proud. And Right. He says good morning, but he says it to everybody. But I somehow feel the connection. A connection. Yeah, you're right. And that's obviously I don't have that. And if anything, it's more like shame. Like, oh, my God, is that woman really yelling at the barista? Or, you know, like yes. that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> right. like, it's not so much like, oh, because like, I guess I grew up with there being white pilots. Yes, or, you don't see it. Right. Exactly. So it's just like it's it's more the opposite. It's more like when we were talking about a doctor who looks like me, it's more like, oh, you're you're black. Oh, OK, I wasn't aware that there were black doctors. Are you, I, I'm exaggerating. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel it good and bad. Right. You know, when someone's real loud on a bus and there's three of us there, I'm like, why are you doing that? Right. But I've learned to, you know, keep it cool. Right. They they're not identifying with me. I'm trying to say, let me help, you know, lift you up. Like, you know, maybe turn your music down a little bit. You know, I don't want, you know, the optics of what's happening, them to think that you're loud and all of us are loud. Right. They don't want to hear that. Right. And then you know? like opposite, because if I'm in a situation where I'm on a bus and there's like a loud white person, I don't think like I'm not thinking that they're representing me. Right. So what's that about? Yeah. Cause I'm just like Oh, well, that's a crazy person. Like, I, I don't fear like, oh, God, please don't associate me with that person, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I think it is like I know we're not supposed to use this word, but it's the minority thing. Right. Because yep. on that bus, there was only three black people, but uh-huh. there's 30 white people. And so I don't know. I think it has something to do with that. But also are some white people selfish that you're like, well, they ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, yeah. that's over there. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I've been carrying the weight of of the, everything that's going on and feeling it in my heart, my soul, that I don't know why, but I do carry it. Right. I carry it and I don't think I need to or have to, but maybe it's a pressure I put on myself or society. I feel like it's placed on black people as a whole, but yeah, yeah, I feel it. But then I think too, like maybe some white people are like, yeah, that has nothing to do with me. Right. Even like some of the Karens, they're like, well, she's a bitch, but that's not me. Right. Yeah. 
For I me, mean, I, I'm like, Mm-mm, I feel yeah. it. Yeah. Well, because I think also just historically, Black people have been working to come up, right? Yep. So like anything that sets you back versus like, I'm already up or whatever, yes. right? So like, so yeah, the crazy person on the bus, like I don't think of it as setting white people back. I'm just like, oh, well, that's like, a crazy white person or whatever. I don't know. I don't take it as personally. I do take the racism personally, though, where like, like not not so much like, but we've because we've talked about this yes. where it's like, you know, whether it's the 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 stuff that happened at the Capitol, I think we were talking about, like yep. I do. There's like a guilt, but I don't feel like they're representing me. But or or if if someone said something racist to you, I do feel like, God, why is that still happening? But I don't feel like it's I don't know. So there is a certain like yep. I personalize it a bit, but I'm not trying to like defend my race. I guess that's the difference. You're trying to like bolden up your your Absolutely. race and your group. And I'm just like, uh, I'm more muting it. <laughs> like, right. can, can we just can we mute the microphones that are, like, right, are right. annoying and racist? You know, that's so interesting, know. though. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk all day long. I know. This episode was sponsored by the Office of Ideas, an initiative of the Brigham and Women's Hospital Department of Emergency Medicine, which fights for inclusive, accessible, high-quality healthcare for everyone. You've been listening to Hard Candy and Fruit Snacks with my mom, Gloria, and my mom, Carrie. This episode was produced by Frank Valida, Carrie Clifford, Gloria Harrison and an ACL joint production. With the music by Alex Skolnick Trio. Check them out at alexskolnick.com. Tune in next time to hear more from our moms. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.